Musings of the Mick, talking about board games and related stuff. Happy New Year still. Happy continuing New Year. It is still January, so to me it's New Year, plus we haven't had Chinese New Year yet, so it's still New Year. So it's been a couple of weeks, so it is time for me to muse again. And what do we have in store for you, you may ask? Well, we do have the same old, same old with the crowdfunding and my game thoughts. And then our topic for this episode is going to be board game apps I have enjoyed and which ones I think are the best of the ones that I have played. Everybody's always looking for new time wasters on their mobiles, so I figured why not share mine. So let's talk about some games before we talk about future games and then games played in a future way. The two games I am going to start off reviewing are two games that come to us from Amigo Games, and they are two games that are in a shared universe. However, they come from two designers, and we enjoy both designers. So the original game is Carnival of Monsters, which was designed by Richard Garfield. You may have heard his name in regards to Magic the Gathering and Bunny Kingdom, and he's been doing a lot more board games lately. Carnival of Monsters is a drafting game where you're going to be choosing cards, either land or monsters or events or end-of-game scoring options, and if you keep a card, you spend a coin to keep it, and then when you can play it later, you can just play it for, in essence, free. You use the lands you draft to put out the monsters. You can use the monsters, or the lands only once per season. You just put it on top of there, done. So what do we like about this one? Well, it's got some cool art and monsters, and they even bring in some of like the mythological and known ones like Anasferatu, Pazuzu, Quetzalcoatl, um, there is that Shades of Magic the Gathering that Richard Garfield's known for and needing the lands to capture slash summon these monsters. Basically, you're going to these lands and discovering them and capturing them, bring them back for the Ma- Monsterological Society to view, but it kind of has that magic feeling of you're summoning them onto these lands. The youth, they really like this one. We are planning on doing a mega game soon because there's seasons cards and you normally put out four and you only play over four seasons. However, there are seven total in the game. So they want to play where we just play with all seven and just keep going and drafting and drafting and drafting. And seeing as they like the game, we probably will be playing it soon. The other game we have from this same universe is Monster Expedition. This is done by Alexander Pfister, who has done the games Oh My Goods, Cloud Age, and games like that. Uh, Great Western Trail is another big one. In this game, it's all about dice rolling and pressing your luck. You choose a camp, which is going to denote your land type you're going into, either the Enchanted Forest, the Depths, or the Eyrie. You're going to roll dice based on which camp you did, and then you're going to attempt to capture monsters by tolling up those dice and grabbing ones that are underneath that or that value or lower. And then you can spend 10 points to get a cage. So this one is connected to Carnival Monsters by the theme and the artwork, like you're in the same universe, you're with the Monsterological Society, you're trying to get them, and like I said, the artwork is the same, some of the monsters are brought over. This one, seeing as it is a turn by turn by turn, not the drafting, there is a bit of downtime between turns, which can get long, depending on how often people are rolling. Because the pressure luck mechanic comes in that when you're rolling the dice, you bank a number, then all dice of that number come out to your area, and then you keep rolling if you want to. However, if you cannot bank a number, it's a miss throw, then you have to get rid of your highest rolled die because you can never bank the same number twice. So that's that kind of downtime if someone's rolling a lot of dice and just having to constantly bank. So I do prefer Carnival Multiplayer. 
The solo version of this does play pretty quick. There's little different expeditions you have to do with different endgame goals, and there's some tweaks to gameplay, which you can see how that does play because that will be coming to the channel soon. All right, let's go ahead and look at that crowdfunding. We have three crowdfunding campaigns we are going to look at today. Two I kind of told you about last time, and one other new one. We're going to start with Explorers of Navoria from Dronda Games. In this game, you're going to be drawing tokens from a bag and selecting either one of the ones you drew or one from the village to have cards that you're going to add to your town below and engine. You're then going to use the tokens that are placed on these decks that got you cards as workers to gain instant benefits. Between all that, you're going to be moving explorers around a map. You're going to be building trading posts. You're going to be gathering delivering resources. So it looks like there's a lot of cool buttons and levers that you're going to be pushing and pulling to move stuff around, get cards down in front of you. That's going to trigger a bunch of stuff and just optimize all of your actions as you're doing them. Plus, the artwork is really super cute. Andranda Games has done quite a few games that we have that have been pretty good. Next up, we are going to be talking about a YouTube channel. That right now, the annual Support the Dice Tower Kickstarter is going on. In case you aren't aware, the Dice Tower is, I'm pretty sure, one of the largest board game YouTube channels on, of course, YouTube. We have received much of our information from them when we first got started in the hobby. That is a channel we found, and they put out a ton of content. More than likely, if there's a game you're interested in, how does it play, or if it's good or not, more than likely the Dice Tower has a review up for it. They do tons of playthroughs, done tons of Kickstarter previews. Basically, all the information you want, you can probably find on that channel. And this is a way of supporting them as they continue doing it year after year after year. So then the third one is Metro Runner from Thunderworks Games. Thunderworks Games has brought us role player and that whole role player universe. This game is not designed by the normal guy who does the games for Thunderworks Games. This is coming to us from a different designer. And this has a futuristic cyberpunk hacking type of theme to it. There is rondelle movement around a board that is going to allow you to take actions. You can spend extra money and such to move further around the board or even to take more important actions. But you're going to be moving around tiles also in the centralized puzzle to do hacks, which could possibly fulfill contracts or get you money or various things throughout the game. You're going to complete jobs, and those are going to give you bonuses and ongoing abilities that you're going to tuck under your player board, which also could be fulfilling these contracts. In addition to all of that, you are also going to be moving up tracks. They're going to be able to improve your hacking and your gathering of resources and all of that. So it just sounds like there's a lot of stuff that's going to be intermingled with other things that you can do. Plus, Thunderworks Games always has a good track record of productions and delivering on time. Or if it is delayed, it's because they were improving certain things here and there. It is definitely a company that we do enjoy backing. All right, let's see what apps I enjoyed. Who doesn't love a good countdown or numbering system? I bet they also like little doors or surprises every day. Well, I know we like those things, which is why we did a bunch of advent calendars all through December. But then January hit, and we didn't want that fun to stop, so I got another advent calendar to do. And then we have February coming up. I bet we will do something then as well. Just not sure what yet. But that is the fun you can have by discovering it with us over on our socials and YouTube channel. So don't take long looking at something short. 
All righty, it is app time. A couple of caveats for how I came up with this list. One, I am basing this on plays on my Samsung tablet. Two, I kind of decide if I liked them or not with how good are they compared to the game. Do I prefer it over the physical game? Is it quicker? Same time? All of that stuff. So one example that I'll use, because it's not on my top seven, even though I do enjoy the app, is Terraforming Mars. Because to me, playing the app takes just as long as a regular playthrough. It still takes me forever to get through a game. All right, but let's go ahead and start with number seven, which is Clever Forever. If you've heard of the game Gonshong Clever, which was a big hit quite a few years ago, they have come out with three more iterations of it. Doppelit So Clever, Hack Dry Clever, and now Clever Forever, which is the fourth one. I would say this is my favorite of the four. It's a really good roll and write game where you're rolling dice. You choose them to fill in different areas of your little player sheet based on the color of the die. And there's tons of combos and triggers abilities because as you're putting the numbers or crossing off to spots, that might unlock that you can now fill in a number in another color and that might fill in another number color. This one also introduced a little silver platter power where when you're taking dice off to silver platter, you can spend those to increase or decrease the value by one for every silver platter you use. What I really like about this one is it added stuff beyond just using the numbers. Like the gray die now is these little shapes that you're crossing off to shapes and you can only cross it off if your number is equal to or lower or equal to or higher than number ones you have to do. The blue one, you're now going over so many and down so many. Pink now has like four different powers. If you use a three, it just duplicates a three. If you use a four, it's plus four to your score. If you use a five, you get the power underneath. If you use a six, you get the power underneath plus three points. So it just added a lot of cool differences from some of the other ones. And a lot of the other ones kind of just seem to get maybe a little too bogged down in the mechanics. This one seemed to flow really nice and had a lot more combos that seemed that I could trigger than the other ones. Number six, we have the Castles of Burgundy mobile adaptation. I found this is a really good implementation of the game with the rolling, the going back and forth, they're grabbing the tiles. You can hover over the tiles to see what they do. So they really had a good way of making it so you knew what you were doing, how the tiles work, and all of those things. You could choose a 2D or 3D view of the board. So if you wanted to look like little miniatures and buildings on the board, you could. Or you could do your basic just looking down on top. They are adding content and new maps as time goes by. I haven't played any of them yet, but I did really enjoy my playthrough of that. That is the other thing I should say is all of these should be available on the channel. Next up, we have Wingspan. Wingspan. So this is a really good, a lot of people consider this almost like a gateway plus or a game to really help introduce people even because of the theme, the bird game where you're drafting cards, building an engine, going back along where they go. So the animations on this are really smooth and play well. They have bird calls in the background as you're getting the birds. You can have it where it tells you the bird facts when you're taking them or playing the cards. So they really do that good immersion of also trying to teach you as you're playing. You can play solo against an AI player, which I actually prefer because that is one of my issues with playing uh, solo by myself. The physical one is you have the automata, or I believe they call it the automata, as in the Audubon Society. So you're playing against that, and they're doing certain things, and it's trying to you know beat them as they're scoring. I just kind of like this. I'm playing against another player and just try and playing it as I would the base game, which is how I prefer my solo games. I don't like having this automa. I got to really kind of 
maintain and focus on beating. Um, they do have two expansions out for it, although they are a little pricey because they have the European, which I believe is like 10 bucks, and they just came out the Oceana one, which is like 11 or $12, which is a bit steep for an expansion, even though it does add a lot. The Oceana expansion added like a new player board where it's got nectar and the powers get a little better. So that is the one that I'm currently toying with getting. Number four, we have Everdell. This is the game with the big tree in the middle where you are going to be grabbing characters or locations, putting them out in front of you. And then if you have certain locations up, you can cast certain people for free and put them in, their, in your little tableau. There's somewhat kind of an engine building, but you're getting resources and you're putting out characters and hoping that they can activate different ways. Um, this did a really good job of getting the whole board on one screen while still being able to be seen well. You're not having to really like zoom in and zoom out. As I said on my tablet is the one I'm referring to. You could easily see all the locations, what they're getting you, the whole tableau in the middle. You could see what was out for sale. It just it had a really good implementation of there. I will say it did take me a little bit to realize where I could look at my opponent's one. That wasn't overly noticeable right away. But outside of that, it was really good at being able to see everything. In it, you are playing in at least a two-player format instead of against Rugwort. So again, an AI that you're trying to beat and who's hindering you. It also is a benefit because it highlights the cards you can play, whether it be for free by having them go to location or with the stuff that you have in your supply, all your resources. So that's always a good visual representation where you don't necessarily have to think about it. You can look, all right, highlight it. So I can just focus on the highlighted stuff. That type of thing. And the animations really capture the art and use it well. That is one of the things about Everdell is it is a pretty good looker coming drawing wise. Number three is probably the mobile game of all of these I have played the most. And that is Imperial Settlers Roll and Write. So now typically Roll and Writes do lend themselves really good for mobile apps because they usually have the combos and then it can really just do a lot of action. Like I said, there's been four of the Gonshan Clevers that have been mobile apps. And this one is no different. It has a multitude of maps that you can play through. If you've ever seen the physical version, you know that there is a ton of specific maps just for the solo person to play through that they can just kind of go through and you have all these different buildings. So far they have, I want to say 17 or 18 of those on the mobile app. I don't know if they're going to be released anymore because I haven't seen them update in forever. But even with that, you have like 18 different maps you can play through and try and figure out the play style of each. Some want you to get this certain resource. Some has you focusing more on harvesting. So it's kind of cool if they have different elements for each map that you're playing. I am almost through all of them on the channel. I think I have like four left. Um, I would like some hot links or something to explain certain terms inside of the game. Especially because once you're starting to play, you'd have to stop to try and find the rule book. Like one said, Imperial Spaces. If you don't play it often, you don't remember what the Imperial Spaces are. So you're like, all right, well, what's the Imperial Spaces? Or this works for a construction space. All right, well, what's the construction spaces? How does that differ from the other ones? I'd like some kind of thing where you can maybe hold your finger over and they tell you what is what. Two is a variation of a roll and write, and it is a flip and write, and that is Cartographers. So this game plays basically solitaire anyways in the physical version, except for when you add the monsters, because then your opponent draws your monsters on your board. Well, the app takes care of that for you. So you're basically playing the same game without having to do all the coloring and drawing, which some people enjoy because it's just that, rela that relaxing task of drawing and coloring and making it look nice and pretty. But if you're looking for just playing the game, just quickly playing it, bam, bam, bam. The app takes care of that for you. One of the cool things I do like is that you have the four goals along the top that you 
rotate through as you play the game. You go A, B, B, C, C, D, D, A. Well, they keep a running total on each one if you complete it or if you have something that's going to score you points. So you can kind of see where you're at for each one. And then when you touch it, they actually highlight on your map which ones are attributing to that score. So you maybe know to add on to them or not to touch them if you can't go over a certain number. So that is everything is really cool. You can also buy additional content and their additional content is a pretty nominal fee. I think it's like a buck or two. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's relatively low for the different map packs that they have been releasing for the game. They also have weekly and daily challenges you can participate in, and they have some of them where it's just really cool where you can choose, all right, the goals always change, or the goals don't change, just the cards change, or the goals don't change, and the cards don't change, so you can really try and work on your strategy and how you want to score certain things. That brings us to number one, and what's interesting is this is a digital implementation of a game that is produced and published by the same company that publishes cartographers, and that is Thunderworks Games, and this game is, of course, role player so i really enjoy role player the one problem i have with doing the physical version is i have all the expansion content so trying to get it all laid out and getting everything situated and ready to go can be a chore in and of itself whereas the app boop i boop the app i choose the things and i get going um, it plays quicker and easier than the physical version because you're not having to maintain stuff or keep track of stuff or draw and put this here and put that there it just smoothly goes through everything I am hoping that they will be getting some of the expansions out soon because there is a ton more races and classes and everything that's available in the expansions. So I'm really hoping that those get added to the digital game. Um, but it is my go-to game. When I'm ready to have lunch, I pop in my food, I sit down at the table, pull it up, and I can play through in lunchtime. I'd say 15, 20 minutes tops. It all depends on how much you have to read the treasure cards as they come up, or if you're pretty good knowing them, then you can just pop through super quick because it's literally roll die, put it somewhere, choose a card, roll die, pop, done. So number one, role player. All right, let's go get with some more game reviews and then wrap it all up with letting you know what's coming to the channel. Wow, didn't those all sound so really cool and tubular? Do you know what would be cool? Seeing those games in action? Well, guess what? That is definitely possible. Over on YouTube, we have a channel where I play mobile apps. And wouldn't you know it? I recorded me playing all of those. So why not head over and check out any of that intrigued you? Even better, there's a bunch that I didn't even talk about. So be stationary while you watch something mobile. All right, so for this game review, I am only going to do one game, and that is because it is a big, massive game called Revive. This comes to us from Aporta Games, and this is a massive game with a bunch of mechanics. So first off, you're going to be laying out this massive board and putting all these tiles flipped over on their icy side facing up. Then each player has their little race board or clan board, and then next to that, they have a board where that's going to be their machine and they have their discs and they crack their resources and all this other fun stuff. Then you're going to have a deck of cards. You're going to lay the cards out. You're going to put three out initially of your deck of six underneath your board. So already you can tell this is massive. Oh, wait, you also have a market of cards in the middle and other little markets of little tokens and whatnot that's going to be going on the different boards. You also have everything. 
Everything you can think of is in this game. So on your turn, you're going to do one of five actions. You're either going to explore, which is flip over a tile. By spending the resources, you flip over a tile, and that's that. Back of the resource tile, or back of the tiles you're exploring do have or, uh, points that you get. You can put out a building, or you can increase your population. Those are two separate actions. You possibly spend resources based on the range, and then depending on the po if you're doing a population, you spend books. If you're doing a building, you spend gears. If you put out a building, that's going to move you on the machine track that's on that one big board you have in your own personal area. If you put out a population, you unlock a special ability that you can now do. You are grabbing cards, and you're doing a small deck building element that when you grab the cards, they either go into your active area, which you're playing now, or into your future deck, which is basically you have two hands. You can play cards on the top or the bottom of your board, or eventually you can unlock the side of your board. If you put them in the top, you trigger the top action. Put them in the bottom, you trigger the bottom action. So as you can see, a lot of different mechanisms. Because even your machine that you're doing, you can possibly even do some engine building where I'm going to trigger this machine, which gives me this, and then that will give me points here, and that will allow me to do this. Wow. Um, so I, this game made me notice that what I like in games is a mishmash of mechanisms. Like I said, you have deck building, you have exploring, you have kind of like a tableau building by choosing where you want to put your cards. You have the machine where you can trigger different actions. You're building on a map. You're pushing up levels. You're getting resources. It's just, it's just so much stuff in here. So much so, it's long. Our first game, which obviously was a learning game also, took us about three plus hours to play. Granite Bride does have a tendency to kind of overthink turns, so some of that might have been added by her, but it is, it's going to be a long game. Also, we played base game, we didn't even touch the campaign that's included, and the campaign is actually just there to add elements to the game. I kind of looked through what it added, nothing there really seems like complex additions, but as I said with how massive the game was, they probably want to slowly introduce some more of this stuff to you. But I think next time we play, we'll probably just throw everything in and just call it a day. I will definitely be playing again, and I'm possibly going to try the solo version. The solo version is basically you're going to play over 20 turns, but the turns don't always move when you do stuff. The turn marker will only move certain ways. I can't remember it at the time being, but they can only move certain ways. I know when you hibernate, I didn't even go over hibernation. When you hibernate, it moves too. Hibernation is basically you're resetting your board because once you play a card in a slot, you can't play another card in that slot unless it has a certain symbol. And then you can kind of expand on it there, but normally you can't. So as I said, just a lot of stuff going on in this game. It is definitely one I really, really want to explore more, and I will be here soon. What else is going to happen soon? Well, you're about to find out what will be soon on our channel. And that's a wrap on this episode. But before we get to the normal outro stuff, what do we have coming up on the YouTubes? Well, what's in the boxes? Check. Mobile plays? Check. Solo plays? Check. Bride coming in for a solo play? Check. What? Indeed. Bride will be here to do a playthrough of a game I have featured on the channel quite a bit, Draft and Write Records. This will actually be the second time we'll be doing an inside-up game with an unboxing, a couple's play, and a solo play. So apparently, we like the way their games go. Then, for those solo plays, we'll be continuing our My City Roll and Build play, and we'll also have the first of the expeditions in our Monster Expedition Soul Plays, I kind of mentioned back a little bit. Then we will be reviewing the newest expansion for Distilled, Cask Strength. The expansion that adds a shot of complexity 
to the game. And let's not forget Lego builds. I didn't even check those off earlier, but we still have them. It's time I headed back to the world of Minecraft and did another animal-shaped house because they released a couple of new ones, so you know I was all over that. But that's about it for the tube, yo. And now the ramblings will end with the outro info as follows. Feel free to drop by the YouTube channel or any of our socials and let us know what you like or don't like, but make sure to do it nicely. Those socials are Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Merry Married Meeples. On Twitter X, we are at Merry Married. We are also part of Blue Sky now at Merry Married. And don't forget all the fun stuff we have on those as well with all the Lego stuff going on. I mean, those are just so cool in general. Also, be sure to head over and check out our Patreon. Link is in the description. On our Patreon, we do spoiler reviews or a Mario Lego short. We did initial reactions in general throughout the months. So it's pretty cool to be a part of that group. And then in two weeks, I will grace your airwaves again with a undetermined topic. So until then, enjoy your day.